Jesus' name, amen. Well, the ushers can receive the tithes and the offerings. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing good? So the National Day of Prayer is about unity, so we thought we'd talk about unity and discord a little bit today. Let me ask you a question. Is it better to fight or is it better to get along? Better to get along, isn't it? Now, if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. This is what my mother said. She said this. She said, fighting is lost time. Fighting is lost time. And if you think about it, that's really true, isn't it? How many of you would rather be in a household where, where they're getting along, or you'd rather be in a household where mom and dad's fighting all the time? Getting along. Um, so getting along is better. And fighting is lost what? Lost time. Lost time. And you know, time is our, our most precious commodity, isn't it? And uh, we've only got so much time here on this earth, and why do we want to spend it fighting? But yet we see people fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, your flesh wants to fight. But if you're born again, your spirit wants to be at peace with people and walk in love. Now, if you look at Psalm 133, Psalm 133, verse 1, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren, brothers, sisters, so forth, people, to dwell together in what? In, in unity. It's, it, it's a good and pleasant thing, isn't it? It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down the edge of his garments. Notice verse 3, it's like the dew of Hermon, it's a mountain, descending upon the Mount of Zion, so forth and so on. But here's what I want to get to. For, for there, notice there, the Lord commands the blessing. Now, where does the Lord command the blessing? Where there's unity. If you want God to bless you, to bless your house, get all the fighting and the fussing out of it, get all that out. You can't change your spouse. You can only change you. Is that right? So if you're a fighter and a fusser, you need to repent and change. And get all that discord and disagreement out of your house. And get unity in there. If you're one of these people where it's got to be your way or the highway, you need to repent. How many of you know you're not always right? Now, really, the true statement is it's got to be God's way or the highway. Is that right? Is that right? It's either God's way or the highway. That's how I've run this church for 20 some odd years. It's God, God's way or the highway. And you know what? I've had a lot of people take the highway over the years. Around here, it's not my way or the highway. It's God's way or the highway, right? And uh, I'm not a dictatorial pastor. I never have been. But around here, it's going to be whose way? It's going to be God's way or the... I was just, I never, it's not my notes, it's, that came out of my spirit. But you know, at our house, it's God's way. We run things God's way. But I've never held the line with my wife. Have I ever said it's my way or the highway? Unless I was acting like a jerk. 
Has anybody ever acted like a jerk besides me? So, but when I'm, when I'm running on normal, <laughs> do I ever give you that ultimatum? No. And you don't do that to me. We talk about stuff, my wife and I. When there's major decisions, we talk about things. You ought to talk about things with your spouse. And if you talk long enough and pray and seek the Lord, I know in our life, almost all the time on major decisions, by the time we spend some time talking and thinking, we get to a point where we're in agreement and in unity before we move and do whatever it is that the decision calls for. And we've watched God bless that. Notice, where does the Lord command a blessing? He commands the blessing where there is unity, and then it said life ever, forevermore. I want life, don't you? Got to be unity. Now, in Proverbs 6, we'll see just the opposite of this. We'll talk about discord. Discord is just where there's a lack of unity. Proverbs 6.16, these six things the Lord hates. I don't want to be on that list, do you? And it's seven are an abomination to him. So there's seven things here that the Lord does not like. A proud look, a lying tongue. So what a proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. How many of you know God hates abortion? A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speak lies. Did you ever notice lying hit the list twice, didn't it? God does not like dishonesty. He is truth, isn't he? And what else does he he hate? He hates one who sows what? Discord among brethren. So God blesses unity and he hates discord. He just doesn't like it. Now the reason that he that he hates discord, and we could talk about any one of those seven for hours, but go to Luke 11 verse 17. The reason that he hates discord is, notice what the Lord Jesus said in Luke eleven seventeen. And again, we're talking about unity today because that's the theme this year of the National Day of Prayer. And there's some Interesting things back there on the connections table about that 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 uh, Pat put out there that you can look at on your way out if you want. Luke eleven seventeen, Jesus said this, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided now notice divided. It's a lack of unity. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to what? To desolation. And a house divided against a house, or we could say a house divided against itself cannot stand or it will fall. Is that right? That's why it's so important that husbands and wives get along in unity. Because if you don't have unity in your house, eventually it will fall, won't it? It will. It cannot stand, it will fall. Same thing is true of a church. If you don't have unity in your church, 
eventually, if, if, if a church gets divided against itself, eventually it will fall. I know many years back, I kind of came up, there's a couple of times over the 23 years where, where I had to deal with, like in the church here, where you'd have people coming against each other and, and you'd have discord and whatnot and I don't like that, God doesn't like it and so I have to, as the pastor, have to step up and say it's God's way or the highway and isn't that a good thing? It's God's way or the highway. You can't have division and strife going on in the church. It'll tear it up. Now, I've had to stand up a few times, just a couple of times over the years, and just, you know, kind of, hey, God's way or the highway, and the people that didn't want to do it God's way took the, took the highway. Well, that's mean and hard, Pastor. No, that's not mean and hard. You don't want people that don't want to follow God to destroy the church, do you? Is that right? Is that correct? Because if you let that go on, it'll tear up the church. It'll tear up your home. If you, ha- I keep saying this, if you got fighting and fussing going on in your house, friends, it's going to tear your house up, tear your kids up. The New Living Translation says a divided home is doomed. The Amplified Bible here on this verse says a disunited household will collapse. And remember there's a saying that says united we Stand and divided we fall. Unity is so important. God hates discord because it'll destroy your house. It'll destroy your marriage. It'll destroy your children. It'll destroy your church. It'll destroy your community. It'll it'll destroy your city. It'll destroy the nation. Is that right? How many of you remember back to the days of the Civil War? Besides Dale and Dan, <laughs> Dale was Dale was a <laughs> do what? You know about it? Okay, well, thank you. Who was the president during the Civil War? Six. There you go, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Who was his vice president? Yes, he was. Yeah, good. Do you know? That's very good. Who was his vice president? Do you know? Ulysses? No, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was uh, Johnson. It wasn't Lyndon Baines. That was Kennedy's. Who's, what was his first name? Uh, Andrew Johnson, wasn't it? And, and is it wasn't that, that's a coincidence, isn't it? That, or was it a coincidence that Kennedy had a vice president named Johnson, and so did Lincoln? Lincoln was shot in a theater and the and at a play, and the guy that shot him went to a warehouse. But Kennedy was shot from a warehouse, and the shooter went to a theater. They both let's see, they're secretaries. Kennedy's secretary's name was Lincoln, wasn't it? And Lincoln's had a secretary named Kennedy. Is it? Am I confusing you? Who can figure it? That's why you go to school. That's why I'm not teaching school anymore. 
Yeah, I know. But I'm not done yet. So, so we've got to get back to this. I've got to get this straight. So we have Ken, uh, Lincoln was a president. And wait a minute. No, I'll do the talk and you do the listen here for a minute. So we had, so we, we had Kenneth, uh, Lincoln was a president. The vice president was Johnson. And then, he, and then he, when Johnson became president, who became president after him? Come on, help me out. Wasn't it Grant? Yeah. Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah. yeah. But was he ever the, was he the, he must have been the vice president for Johnson, wasn't he? Probably. Probably. All right, well, let's leave it at that. You see why I taught math and not history. Well, let's don't look it up right now. We'll look it up later, okay? I'll, afterwards, okay. Are you still out there or are you gone home? <laughs> Family Sunday with... But let me, I got to get this straight. We got to get this right. Lincoln, and then Lincoln had a vice president of Johnson, and then eventually didn't, didn't, uh, was, was, was Ulysses Grant Johnson's vice president, or did he get elected? I guess he got elected, I don't know. Look it up. He was in there somewhere. I just drove by Grant's farm the other day. It's right up there off Highway 30. So anyway, look that up. I'm, not, I'm a math teacher and a preacher. I'm not a, a history teacher. Okay, now, very good. Thank you for helping me. Where was I? What was I talking about? Civil War. Civil war. Well, it, it was bad during the Civil War, wasn't it? I was about to say Dale was a Confederate and Dan was a... Uh, was a... Uh, was, was a... Was a... Was a... Was a Yankee, a rebel? I don't know. I'm teasing. How many of you know it was bad during the Civil War? Because the nation was what? It was divided. And you know the nation's really divided right now, isn't it? You know, almost a cold civil war, you could say, huh? So division's bad. All right, look at, look at uh, James 3.16, King James Version on this one, because it brings it out. It says, for where envy and strife is... For where envy and strife is, envy and strife, envy and strife is division, arguing, fussing, fighting. Where you've got arguing and fussing and fighting, there is what? Confusion and what every evil work. That's why God hates division so much. Because it, it brings confusion and every evil work. Now, I think we'll go to Genesis 11 and look at verse 1. Just, just a few verses here. It's interesting how powerful unity is and discord even among people that are not believers. They're ungodly people. Look at this, Genesis 11 verse 1. It says, the whole earth... Now, this is back when the whole earth had one language and one speech. Like now, for for example, if you went to Mexico right now, you'd have to speak what? Spanish. Or if you went to Germany, you'd have to speak. Or if you went to Fran France, you'd have to speak French. You, you know what I'm saying? So, you, but people want to know, where did the, these different languages come from? Well, let me show you here. But back before we had the different languages, the whole earth had one language and one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east. Now, these were ungodly people. They found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. 
Then they said to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Uh, They had brick brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is to the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Now their motive isn't right here, is it? Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed the people are, watch this, they are what? They are one. That means they're in unity. They all have one language. So that means they can understand each other. They're they're speaking the same thing. And this is what they begin to do now. Watch this. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Isn't that powerful? So if you get ungodly people together in unity, God says nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Then notice verse 7. He says, let us go down. Now when it says let us, it's talking about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit here. Let us go down and confuse their language. Now the reason God did that was because these people's motives were wrong. And the reason he did this was so that if they had continued down that road, bad things would have happened. So much we could say about that. So God confused their language that they couldn't understand one another's speech. And that's where we get the different languages, German, French, and Spanish, and so forth. So the Lord, and then he scattered them abroad from over the face of the earth. And notice when disunity came notice what happened they ceased what they ceased building the city so when they're in unity they're building when they're in disunity the building stops doesn't it can you see that now if this is true of ungodly people how much more true is it for the believers unity is good disunity is bad Okay, so much we could say. I just wanted to show you that if this is true for unbelievers, how much more true would it be even for for us? We get in unity and flowing with what God wants and then God takes hold with us. My goodness, good things can happen. Now look at Matthew 18 and verse 19. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, now this is Jesus speaking. If two of you, what's the next word? Agree. So that's unity. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. And of course, the little asterisk there on anything, it has to be in line with God's will. You understand that. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's powerful, isn't it? Very, very powerful. You know, I, you can look into, into the Bible and you can see that there is power in agreement. And, and in the Old Testament, you can see that, remember there's a scripture that says one can put a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. Here's what we get out of that. Listen to me. Every time you get somebody in agreement, spiritually you get ten times stronger. It's, it's the truth. Every time you get somebody in agreement, I'm talking on spiritual things now, you get 10 times stronger. I know when I was a math teacher, we had work problems, W-O-R-K, work problems. 
and, and the old work problem was if one hose can fill a swimming pool in so many hours and a second hose could fill the same pool in so many hours, how quick could, could the pool be filled if both hoses were working together? And it's just faster, right? So if you get two people or two hoses working together, the job gets done more quickly. And the same thing is true, you know, you know, like I remember uh, like like up here when we renovated and whatnot and so many of you helped and Bob there helped so much and different ones helped and we appreciate it. But let me just ask you this. If we were going to take these chairs down and you were going to have to do it by yourself, you would have to stack them all up and whatnot and clear that stage off. Would you want to do that by yourself or would you like a little help? And you know, if you just got one person helping you, it'd go so much quicker, wouldn't it? But what if you got three or four people helping you? Well, you go a lot faster, right? And so that's the principle. And spiritually, if you get somebody in agreement with you, that's, that's why we encourage people when we pray, let's get in agreement. Because if you really get somebody in agreement, you get 10 times stronger, right? It's very powerful. And if you have people that won't get in agreement, notice what I said, that won't get in agreement, you're 10 times less powerful than you could be. Now I'm convinced if you get people that just on purpose are in disagreement, you actually get 10 times weaker. Right? And notice in Acts 2, just I'm not going to preach real long today, Acts 2 Just read a couple of verses here. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, this is the early church. This is how we ought to be. 2,000 years later, we ought to be the same way as the early church. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? With what? That's agreement, isn't it? In one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire. One sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what happened there? As, as a result of them being in one accord, the Holy Ghost moved, didn't he? You want the Holy Ghost moving in your church? You want the Holy Ghost moving in your family, moving in your house? Get in one accord. Be in agreement around the Word of God. Remember, it's God's way are the... I've never heard anybody say that until... I've always heard my way or the highway, but it's really what? God's way or the highway. That's good. You can live that, can't you? Okay. Go to Acts 4, verse 24. That's how we run the church around here. It's not my way or the highway. It's God's way or the highway. Acts 4, 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice with what? One accord. There's that agreement again. And said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. Now skip down to verse 33. And with great what? Great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So would you like to have power in your life, power in your house, power in your marriage, power in the church? Well, get in one accord. And not only that, it'll cause great grace to manifest. Look at Acts 5, verse 12. Acts 5, verse 12. It says, Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. 
and they were all with what? Boy, you see that again and again and again. Unity, unity, unity. Why did they have such great miracles and signs and wonders in that early church? Because they were in what? One accord. They were in agreement. In Solomon's porch, verse 13, none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. See, if you want the community to esteem us, let's walk in love towards one another and be in one accord. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Now watch this, so that they, so when, when the church is in one accord, people should be getting saved in the community, should be. And then they brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Because they'd get healed, you see. There was so much power. Where did that power come from? It came from being in one accord, you see. Unity. Remember, when you get in agreement, you get ten... One person makes us, what, ten times more powerful. And then you get a person in agreement on top of that. You got a whole church full of people in agreement. Boy, you got a lot of power available. And then verse 16, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all what? They were all healed. It all started with, with being in unity, one accord. So I want to close with this next scripture. Actually, two more scriptures. Go to 1 Corinthians 1. Just about four more verses here. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. The Apostle Paul is writing to this church, local church in Corinth. He says, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's talking to the church here. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all do what? Speak the same thing which I believe would be the word of God, right? The scriptures. And there be no what? Divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. It's powerful, isn't it? A good scripture to found any church on. In your house your family, your, your marriage. But in this case, he's talking about the church, but it would apply to your house and your family. Now notice verse 11. For, so his, 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 his desire was that they speak the same thing, there be no division, perfectly joined together and so forth, speaking the same thing. Verse 11. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are, there are what? Contentions among you. So he, the P- Apostle Paul wanted there to be unity, but it was reported to him that there was contentions in that church. There were divisions there. It wasn't good. And here's what, here's what it had to do with. Verse 12. Now I say this, that each of you says... So you had some people in the church saying, I am of Paul. Others saying, I am of Apollos. Now, Apollos was another minister, excellent minister. 
Others were saying, I'm of Cephas, or Peter, the apostle Peter, you know. And others were saying, I am of Christ. So I'll put it in words we can all understand. You had some in the church saying, yep, I'm going to listen to what Paul says and only Paul. I'm in his camp. You had other people saying, nope, nope, I'm an Apollos man. I follow him. And you had other people saying, nope, 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 Peter walk with the Lord Jesus. I'm in his, I'm in his camp. I'm with him. And then... Lastly, I am of Christ. Now, really, if you think about it, you know division makes no sense, does it? It really doesn't because he mentions four groups here. And there's only one of them you really want to be in. And it's which one? I am of Christ. You see, division does strange things to people. Do you know there are some people I've met over the years, they'd rather follow their favorite TV minister than the Lord Jesus Christ himself? Hello? It's all division. Now thank God for Paul. Thank God for Apollos. Thank God for Peter. But they're all supposed to direct people to who? To Christ. You get that? They were actually having fussing and fighting in the church because some were saying, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Peter. Hey, I follow Jesus. Well, wouldn't we all want to be in that group? Do you see what, I want to get this across to you. Do you see what division does to people and Yes or no? And then verse 13, he says, is Christ divided? Question mark. And what should our answer be? Absolutely not. No. And then I like what Paul wrote here. He never drew attention to himself. He said, was Paul crucified for you? That's a great answer. Which of these four were crucified for us? Christ. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? No, in the name of Christ. Jesus, you know. Can you see how we got the denominations today? How many of you know there's many denominations in the United States, isn't there? And throughout the world, certainly. But we're talking Christian denominations. Did you know that denominations, if you really think about it and you get to the root of it, are all about division? Yes or no? Did you know that denominations are not directed by the hand of God, really? They're man-made, aren't they? Because folks can't get along with each other because not in agreement and it's not God's way. It's, 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 they don't want to let the word of God rightly, they don't want to divide rightly the word of God. So they take a certain thing and they get their bent on it and they take their ball and they go over here and they start a church and they put a, a sign on the door, right? And you got Baptist and you got... Methodist, you got charismatic, you got Pentecostal. And, you know, there's some people think that, you know, and I came out of the Baptist church. There's some people think, thank God for the Baptists, thank God for them. But there's some people that think that Jesus and the apostles were Southern Baptists. Do you know that? Did you know there's people think that Jesus spoke, actually spoke Elizabethan English? Yes or no? 
They do. But do you know that when you get to heaven, you're not going to get into heaven because you were a Baptist. Right? Because you were a charismatic, a Pentecostal. Right? You're not going to get in because of any of that. You're going to get in only because of one thing, because you've received Jesus Christ and you belong to Him. Yes or no? But then, listen to this. Denominations were formed. We're talking about unity. We're formed. We already said why. Just a simple reason. And so I don't want anybody to understand, misunderstand. You need to realize this. I need to say this. Spirit of God wants me to say it. Back in the dark ages... The Catholic Church and the Catholics do, they do have the Jesus of the Bible, but they have a lot of other things they shouldn't have. And the, the, the popes and whatnot had kept the Bible out of the hands of the common man, and they kept it in, lang- in a language that the common man could not understand. And thank God for Martin Luther and John Huss and these other ones. Thank God that they protested and stood up. That was a church split that needed to happen. Did you hear what I just said? Can you say amen? Because Martin Luther... He got, t- you, know what the, you know what they were doing? They were selling indulgences. The Catholic Church was selling indulgences. It was a money-making scheme. And what they did was, is they said, well, your loved one has died and they're in purgatory. How many of you know there's no purgatory? There's a heaven and there's a hell, period. But they said, well, your loved one has died. They're in purgatory. If you give so much money to the church, it was called an indulgence. You give so much money to the church, then we'll pray to God and get your loved one out of purgatory and get him into heaven. How many of you know that's devilish and demonic? And thank God that, that Luther, and he put that 95 thesis up there and he, his basic uh, statement was the just shall live by faith and out of what he did, the, eventually the Bible got into the hands of the common man where the, where, the, where the king and the guy that was plowing behind the, the oxen could all understand the word of God. Can you say Amen. So you see, what, what, that, was, that was God's way, right? And so, so, so sometimes these things need to be, to be done. And, and there was one person said recently that, that, that the Protestants, well, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, something that should not have been done and that, the, that, that it was a church split. No, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, we thank God for the Protestant movement. It brought us out of the darkness of the devil. Can you say amen? Amen. But denominations here, we're talking about unity. Denominations here in the United States, of what I know anything about, is all about fussing and fighting. I've watched it among denominations, is what I'm talking about. Yes or no? And the Baptists don't get along with the Pentecostals. And the Pentecostals don't get along with the Baptists. And then the Charismatics. And they don't get along with these people. And the Methodists don't get along with these people. And we blah, 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 blah. Isn't that sad? And what the devil has done, he's got in through denominations and he's caused a bunch of division, hasn't he? 
And it's very sad. And it's caused there to be a lack of power in the church. Do you know in God's mind, there's only one church? It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to become a member of that church. And that's by repenting of your sins and saying, Jesus, come into my heart. And that quick, you become a member of the body of Christ, a member of the only church that counts. Can you say amen? But God also has local churches. Real loud, say local church. But the local churches should all be preaching the B-I-B-L-E. Is that right? That's why I refuse to put a name on, well, what are you? The best I'm going to do for you is Baptocostal. I'm right between a Baptist and a Pentecostal. But I don't like names, denominational stuff, because it's man-made. You understand that? And, And... Christian would be a good word. Christian, I'm a Christian. But you know the devil's muddled the waters on that, hasn't he? There's a lot of people tell you they're a Christian, and you say, well, well, what makes you a Christian? And they'll say, well, my mother was a Christian. How many of you know you're not a Christian because your mother was a Christian? Or they'll say, well, I'm a Christian because I'm, a, I'm an American citizen. How many of you know being an American citizen doesn't make you a Christian? The only thing that makes you a Christian is faith in Christ. Yes or no? And look at Ephesians 4.13. This is what God's heart is. And what I would say to any true Christian denomination, and this is the important thing here, Till we all, and this is what God's heartbeat is here, till we all come to the unity, notice unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or a complete mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So here's what I say, look. I'm not going to be able to agree, now listen carefully, with everything that the Baptists do. I, I love the Baptists. I love them to this day. Thank God. You know, Billy Graham was a Baptist, wasn't he? Thank God they get so many people saved. But they don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay? But you know what? Here's the thing. Rather than fighting and fussing with the Baptists, why don't we come into agreement whether it's the Baptists or the Methodists, whoever, whoever. Why don't we, as long as they have Jesus, realize, say Jesus. Jesus. See, that's, that's it. We have to come, we come into the unity around the knowledge of the Son of God. We all have to agree on who Jesus is. Do you understand that? And as long as you are holding your faith in the Jesus of the Bible, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you understand, as long as you're holding to Him, then I can fellowship with you and walk with you. And maybe you see some things in the Bible a little bit differently than I do. You know, I have a lot of respect for Kenneth Hagin. You ever hear of him? But I don't agree with everything that he said. But I agree with most of it. But the main thing is, is that he believed that Jesus is the Son of God. So now I can can buddy up with somebody like that. 
You okay? So we're talking about unity. Listen to this. This is so good. You see, and I want to say it again. Instead of arguing with the Methodists or arguing with the, with the Baptists or whoever it is, why don't we just come into unity around who Jesus is? We agree on who he is. We get along, can't we? But this is what somebody said years ago, many years back, centuries ago. In, 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 in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. Or what does charity mean? It means love. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, love. Now, what does that mean? Just let me explain it real quickly. Essentials. What are, what are the essentials? What are the essentials that we have to agree on or we can't really go to the same church? Yes, and let me just read from my list and see if you're on the list here. We have to believe that there is one God manifested in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Is that right? Is that an essential? Absolutely. We have to believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God without error. Is that correct? Genesis to Revelation. Is that right? We have to agree that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the living God, virgin born. Is that right? Don't we have to agree on that? Do we have to agree that Jesus lived a a sinless life? A sinless life. Yes or no? The Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. He never sinned one time. We must believe and agree that he lived a sinless life. Amen? We must agree that he shed his precious blood and died on the cross. He was buried and rose from the dead the third day. Is that right? We've got to agree on that or we can't, we can't not fellowship. Is that correct? I'm talking about go to the same church. We have to agree that there's a literal heaven and a literal hell. Is that right? Yeah. We have to agree that salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ apart from works. These are essentials, dear friends. Did you know that I'm getting, I'm about to close the message, but you need to understand this. I will not, if there was a, uh, if there was, have you ever heard of an interfaith meeting, an interfaith meeting? You know what I mean by that? We're going to have people from all faiths. We have ministers from all faiths. We're going to be honoring all their different gods. Do you know I'll not stand on a platform with somebody that's going to honor Allah? Because when I step up there and stand next to that person, I'm acknowledging his God. Not going to do it. I'll get back to that. What are some non-essentials? End time teaching. Like the rapture of the church. I believe there's going to be a rapture, but people will argue every kind of thing about a rapture that you can imagine. There's even, even people that will tell you if you, don't have a, if, if you have a mustache, you won't go into rapture. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that silly? Do you know people argue over that stuff? I believe there's going to be a rapture, but people will argue and spend hours arguing over, over when it's going to happen. 
Or people will argue over what nation the Antichrist is going to come out of. Or who are the two witnesses? How many of you know those are non-essentials? Yes or no? We can disagree on that and still come to the same church. But we cannot disagree on the virgin birth, right? We can't disagree on that Jesus, he lived a sinless life, correct? We can't disagree on that. He's the son of God. We have to agree on that. Is that correct? Yes. Are there essentials? Essentials, there must be unity. Non-essentials, like who are the two witnesses? Or, or here's one, who wrote the book of Hebrews? Well, God wrote the book of Hebrews, but in our Hebrews study, when we studied on Hebrews, we don't know for sure. It was probably Paul, but we don't know for sure. But you know, there are people, there's people that will take hours and argue that. You know what? I'm not, that's a, say non-essential. It's non-essential. You Okay. So in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, but in all things, what? In all things, what? Love. In essentials, say this, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, love. We need to walk in love, don't we? Now, I'm going to get back to what I said just a minute ago, right before I close this, about when I stood up there on the stage. In the Pledge of Allegiance, it says, and I'm all for the pledge, by the way. How about you? Did you know saying the pledge won't get you into heaven? How many of you know it won't? How many of you know pledging your allegiance to Jesus will get you into heaven? But I believe in saying the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the... And to the, for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Is that correct? But notice, one nation under who? Under God. Do you know we're talking about unity and disunity? And the devil, listen, the devil is a water muddier. He likes to muddy the water. And did you know that we live in a time right now that when you say one nation under God... You've got to be real sure you define who that God is. Did you hear what I just said? This nation was founded on the God of the Bible, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? And George Washington and all those founders back there were Christians. And this nation is a Christian nation. But the move over the last eight to ten years has been that now you have to stand up and when you say one nation under God, you have to explain which God you're talking about. You see how the devil has tried to muddy the waters. When I talk about one nation under God, I'm talking about the God of the Bible. Have any of you ever seen that bumper sticker that says coexist? How many has ever seen that? Now it sounds real good. Now listen to me now. It's going to get back to what I was doing up there on the stage a moment ago. I need to further explain that. I'm almost done. Last page of my notes here. You need to take another look at that coexist because it sounds real good. But it really isn't. 
I looked into that, coexist. Now, let me explain. Bumper sticker. Sounds good, but one common version of that bumper sticker uses an Islamic crescent moon for the sea and coexist. They'll use a peace sign for the O, a combination of the male symbol and female symbol for the letter E, Star of David for the X, a pentagram for the dot and the I. The pentagram is a symbol of the devil. Now, I'm not coexisting with, with him. The yin-yang symbol for the S and then the, the cross, the Christian cross for the T. Now, it sounds good that bumpers... I'm talking about unity in the United States here. Sounds good, but you've got to be careful. I, now, listen carefully. I believe and I absolutely... And this kind of stuff needs to be talked, to, talked about from the pulpits of America. It really does. I believe that every person should have the right to believe whatever it is they want to believe. They should. Just like I have the right to believe whatever I want to believe. I believe every person should have the right to worship whatever, whoever they want. That's their business, just like it's my business. Do you understand that? And I will walk in love. Listen to me. If you've got people up here that are Islam... And, they, and they, they bow their knee to Allah. And Allah is not the same as the God of the Bible. Somebody say amen. amen. And, they, and, and they bow their knee to Muhammad. Now I'm going to walk in love towards them. Do you hear me? I'm going to walk in love towards them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. If they, if they need food, I'm going to feed them. If I can help them in any way, I will help them as far as I will not help them propagate their false doctrine. Did you hear me? But if they need food, I mean, do you understand where my heart is? But if we're at a, it's called an interfaith service. And you've got, you got somebody up there that, that honors Allah. And I step up on the platform and I stand next to him. While I honor their right to worship Allah, I'm not going to stand there and give my credence to Allah. Can you say amen? We were up at the school, Summit, Summit High School, Rockwood Summit High School, some 20 years ago. And they were having a baccalaureate. You know what a baccalaureate is? It's a... Religious ceremony for the graduates, and I think that's great. And when we first started the church, when we first started the church, uh, we didn't have a sound system. We wanted to use Rockwood sound system, and they wouldn't let us do it unless we were going to sign in blood just about. Eventually, we got a better sound system than what the school had, and when, when they did that baccalaureate, they wanted to use the church's sound system because it was set up anyway there in their commons area. 
And so they came to me and they said, could we use your sound system? And I said, well, that, that's fine with me. And then, then we had a meeting and they had different ministers in there. And they began to talk about what was going to be done at the ceremony. Now, I didn't need to preach. I didn't need to speak. That was not important to me. But one of the guys going around the table said, well, he said, there's some people that may be at that ceremony that don't honor the God of the Bible, and we need to be respectful to their God, and we need to honor their God to make them feel comfortable. At which point I objected. And I said, while I respect your right to worship whoever and whatever you want, and there may be some people there that don't honor the God of the Bible, but this sound system will not be used to honor or worship any other God other than the God of this Bible. And if I had to do it over again, I'd do the exact same thing. That's just hate, Pastor. No, it's love. How do you know that your God is right? Well, you put your eggs in whatever basket you want to put them in. I've put my eggs in Jesus' basket. And when I breathe my last breath, I'm going to be real glad my eggs are in Jesus' basket. If you want to trust Mohammed and Allah and all that, did you know, I need to say this, did you know that there is only one God and it's the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost? Did you know that every other God is a false God? And did you know that every other God isn't really a God? It's a manifestation of the devil himself. The devil wants you to worship him and if you won't worship him, he'll present himself as some other God to get you to bow your knee to that. Did you get what I just said? Because there is only one God, and it's Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh. Can you say amen? The Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything that I have power over will only go to honor that one true God. I've watched him come into the room where I was at, and, and the power of God come all over me. I know God. I know the presence of God. I've walked with God. I, I, I love God. I'm talking about the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've watched him heal hundreds of people. I've never seen Allah heal one person. He said, oh, that's just hate-mongering, Pastor. No, I'm telling you what, this coexists. I'm standing against a spirit right now that's enveloping this nation. It's enveloped a lot of the churches in this nation, and it's this coexist thing. And I'm telling you what, it's demonic, dear friends, and it's about to destroy this nation. It's called political correctness. I don't believe we ought to go out of our way to offend people. I don't believe that we ought to go out of our way to, to, to hurt people or, or, or disrespect people or anything like that. But when it comes to eternity and we're talking about God and we're talking about eternal things, I want to stand in people's face and get the truth through to them. And we can just coexist all we want to and you wind up people dying and going to hell. You don't want that. But you see what the devil has done is he's muddied the water so that I'd almost guarantee it to you there's some people sitting even in this room that heard me say what I said about that coexist thing and you might be having a little trouble with it. Maybe, maybe that pastor up behind that pulpit, maybe he's really not walking in love as he should. 
No, I'm walking in love. Because I'm defending the truth. I'm not going to defend a bumper sticker that has the devil symbol on it. I'm not going to defend a, a, a bumper sticker that has Allah on it and Muhammad. Do you understand that? So I'm for having unity, but let's have unity around something and someone that's real, Almighty God, the God of the Bible. I had the Mormons from right up across the street several years ago. They came over and they wanted to buddy up with us. I've studied the Mormons. They don't have the Jesus of the Bible. Now listen to me. We had the largest pastor in the nation some years back. Maybe he's changed since then, I don't know. But he said that the Mormons are just fine and they have the Jesus of the Bible. Can you see what trouble this nation is in? The largest pastor in this nation said the Mormons are just fine. They don't have the Jesus of the Bible. I love the Mormons because they're human beings. I want to help them any way I can. Same with the Jehovah's Witness. want to help them any way I can. But I will not help them propagate their false doctrine. I'll hand them food, but I won't, God bless them, in propagating their false doctrine. I'm talking about the nation now. I'm talking about saving this nation right now. And they came over, they wanted to buddy up with us, and I sat with two women right back there and my wife, back in that office from the Mormon. They came over, and they wanted to buddy up, and I said, you're going to have to get a hold of the Jesus of the Bible. Well, we have the Jesus of the Bible. I said, then you're going to have to renounce Moroni and Joseph Smith. And they would not do it. And if you don't know who Moroni and Joseph Smith even are, then you're not qualified to talk about the Mormons or make a judgment on me. Did you hear me? And I said, renounce Moroni and renounce Joseph Smith, and then we'll talk. And they would not do it, so I lovingly escorted them out of my office. Oh, you're just a hate monger. No, I'm trying to save your soul. Because that's how the devil works. He'll infiltrate things. Did you understand? So we'll help people, but I'm not going to help people propagate their false doctrine. I'm all for unity. Say unity. I'm all for unity. I'm all for it. But we're going to be unified around the God of this Bible. And on that coexist thing, there's, only, there, there's, there's like seven letters up there. There's only two of them that I'll go along with. And the one is the Star of David because that represents Judaism. But from Judaism, out of Judaism came Christianity. And who does David, who did the psalmist, the sweet psalmist, who did he worship? He worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he was worshiping. So I'll give credence to Judaism on that coexist. But from that came Christianity. And now it's Jesus and only him. He is the central figure. He must be lifted up. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Did you ever notice the Apostle Paul? He said, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I say in this hour when I talk about God. I'm not talking about Allah. I'm not talking about Muhammad. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm not talking about Confucius. I'm talking about the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've gone a little long today, and I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm going to close here. But I'm fighting for the very 
nation itself right now. I'm fighting for your sons and daughters because the devil has desired the young people of this nation. He always has. And the waters are now more muddled than they've ever been. God's been kicked out of the public school. Prayer's been thrown out. Ten commandments pulled down. God's been thrown out of the public square. I was running last night. God is my witness. I was running last night and I was, I was really preaching this message out as I ran around this, this community. I run about five miles just about every day. I tell you what, I, I, I had, there was people out cussing at me. <laughs> there was dogs barking at me, mean, that never barked before. You know, a devil can get in, a, in an animal. Did you know that? Got in a herd of swine, Jesus. I mean, I, w- I was preaching this message throughout this community. You know, the devil has tried to infiltrate this, this community through some of the mega churches. I mean, we've got some, we've got some devilish stuff going on right here in, 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 in St. Louis, and it looks like God's behind it, but he's not. I'm telling you, he's not. You don't use sex to sell the gospel. Come on, somebody. Did you hear what I just said? In this coexist thing. How many of you know we love homosexual people? But how many of you know homosexuality is sin. And how many of you know I'd get kicked out about just about every school if I went in any public school in this city and said what I just said, they'd throw me out. Can you see why I wouldn't get invited to pray at the National Day of Prayer? You see that? Oh yeah. Because I'm going to say stuff like this. Why does he have his eyes closed? Because I'm flowing out of my spirit. And it helps me just close my eyes and just flow out of my spirit. There's a spirit of entertainment that's taken over much of the religious community, if you will, the churches. A spirit of entertainment. A microwave spirit, if you will, that we've got to get everybody in and out on a certain time schedule. I don't know that there's a microwave spirit, but that's a way to describe it. A spirit of entertainment. We've got to entertain the people. We're going to use sex to sell. We're not going to teach the Bible anymore, but we're going to get up and give little little 30-minute 30, 30 sermonettes. We're not going to let the Holy Ghost move anymore because it might be offensive to somebody. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of tongues and interpretation. I'm not ashamed of the healing power of God. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But I've got a great burden for this city and for this nation. My, 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 my. And I'm going to stand in the love of God and in the grace of God. I'm not going to cooperate with the devil. I'm not going to honor the devil. I'm not going to honor a false God. I'm going to walk in love towards people and tell them the truth. Glory to God. Now I'm going to close this service just the way I saw myself close it in the spirit. Stand up. If you can, if you can't, stay seated. But I'm going to come up here. 
I don't even know what I'm going to say when I get over here. Just I saw myself do this as I, I saw it in the spirit, you see. I'm going to come up here. I'm supposed to come up here. And I'm going to bow my knees. I'm going to bow my knees. I'm bowing. Now you listen to what I'm saying here now. I'm bowing my knees to God, to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I just said? He's the only one I'll bow my knees to. I'll not bow my knees to a human being. The only human being I'll bow my knees to is the Lord Jesus Christ. I bow my knees before God the Father, before God the Son, and before God the Holy Ghost. I bow my knees before Him and only before Him. Hallelujah. 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 